Good morning, everyone. We are in Revelation 9 in our Bible Plus podcast. And so far, we have been looking at these seven seals mentioned in Revelation. And six seals have been opened. And if you haven't gotten into it, firstly, read the first eight chapters, or the previous chapters, um, just to see where we are in the book. And then to help digest it, I suggest listening to the previous podcast to catch up on what happened. Now, um, the seventh seal that we're currently on has or is composed of seven trumpets, and we've been in this. And yesterday, it was covered that four trumpets have been blown or or sounded, and these are judgments on the earth, on the sea, on the rivers, and on the sun, moon, and stars. But in chapter 9, today we'll be covering the fifth and sixth trumpets. And these two trumpets contain two woes. And you might ask, you know, what are these woes? Um... This is mentioned at the end of chapter 8. A woe is something that causes great sorrow or distress. And here, what is causing the great sorrow or the sorrow and distress? Well, everyone, today, here in chapter 9, this marks the beginning of the great tribulation. Now, for some of you listening, you might be confused by me saying that the great tribulation is just beginning. And the thing that probably throws you off the most is all of these supernatural calamities and things that have happened so far in Revelation building up to chapter 9. And surely, in your mind, the, tri- the tribulation has begun in the other seals and the previous trumpets. Um, but, yes, this has been interpreted um, in this way. However, let's go ahead and look at Daniel 9, 24-27 in the Bible to find that the Great Tribulation actually occurs in the last three and a half years of of what many say is a seven-year period. And this period is the peace treaty initiated by the Antichrist between him and the children of Israel. Now, that might be a mouthful, but we're going to get into this right now, and hopefully by the end you'll see what I'm talking about. So, how do I see this timeline? Well, like I mentioned, we have to look at Daniel, and there's this thing called the 70-week prophecy. So there's 70 weeks mentioned. And the weeks are really a period of years, not days. So, you know, we we call a week, uh, we call a week seven days. But really, um, a week previously was referring to a sequence or series of something. So that was the origin of the word week. Now we only use it as seven days. But here, the prophecy of a week is composed of seven years. So when I say week, it means seven years. So if I say two weeks, it's 14 years. Now, I'm not going to talk about two weeks because it's not mentioned ever. But anyway, that's my point. So in that 70-week period, so 70 weeks times seven years is 490 years. Now, you can fact check me on that or do your math, but that's what it is. Um, The first part of the seven weeks, or the 49 years, are... Oh, wait, sorry. I meant to say the first part of seven weeks. So the three parts, the first part is composed of seven weeks or 49 years, and they are accounted for in Nehemiah 2, um, chapter 2, verse one through, verses 1 through 8. Now, this is a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem all the way to its completion, and this happened. Now, the second part of this 70-week period is 62 weeks or 434 years and this is from the completion of rebuilding the, uh, of Jerusalem to the cutting off or crucifixion of Christ, the Messiah. 
Now those two parts, they're very clear. Now what does that leave us? If you had your calculator out or you were doing, you were doing some mental math, that leaves one week or seven years left. Um, clearly, <laughs> more than seven years have passed since Christ was crucified, so what is going on? Shouldn't, shouldn't the Lord have returned already if there were only seven years left according to the prophecy? Well, it seems to be that there's a gap between Christ's crucifixion and the last period of seven years. This gap is some, some unknown duration. And, and what is the gap? Well, everyone, we're in it. We are in this last leg of history, the age of mystery, the age of grace, and the age of the church. This is the time where Christ is building the church in his new creation to be his body and his bride. Now, these things aren't new to us. We've talked about them a lot in these New Testament podcasts, but... When this new creation has matured in his life, then the end will come and Christ will have his counterpart. So, so we are building up to the last seven years of this age. We're in that gap period. Um, so I mentioned that there were seven years unaccounted for in the 490-year prophecy, which once again are the 70 weeks. This would lead many to say, well, there you go, Connor. Like I said, there are seven years of great tribulation. I told you. Well, those last seven years don't really refer to the duration of the Great Tribulation itself, but it refers to the seven-year period where the Antichrist will make an agreement or a covenant with the Jewish people. There will, yeah, anyway, a a covenant with them. And you can see in verse 27 of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 9, it says that the prince, referring to the Antichrist, will make a firm covenant for one week. And that one week is, once again, seven years. So what do those seven years look like? Well, in verse 27 of Daniel 9, it continues, Sure, the Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant with the children of Israel, but in the middle of the week, that's in the middle of the week, middle of seven years, do the math, it's three and a half years, he will cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease and will replace the sacrifice and oblation with abominations of the desolator even into, until the complete destruction that has been determined is poured out upon the desolator. Now that's a mouthful. What is this saying? This is saying that the Antichrist will change his mind. So he will have agreed that the Jews could worship God in the temple with offerings um, and sacrifices to God. But at some point in the middle of the week, after three and a half years, you know what he's going to do? He changes his mind and he will set up himself as God. He will even create an image of himself in the temple. And guess what happens next? He will force people to worship him and his image. And this is where he begins to severely mistreat and persecute uh, the Jews and any who would not worship him as God. So to summarize, what I am saying is those first three and a half years of the last seven years will not be a time of tribulation because of the Antichrist. Um, and the Antichrist will actually be kind to the Jews, and there will be peace. Okay, and there will be some, <laughs> there will be supernatural calamities seen in the previous chapters of Revelation, but there's peace between man. In those last three and a half years is when the Great Tribulation, the Great Persecution, begins. Um, there are also other ways to prove the breakdown of the last seven years, but um, I should probably move on. You can refer to other parts of the book of Revelation, but I've spent a lot of time 
trying to impress you that here in Revelation chapter 9, we're at a crucial juncture. Everyone, the great tribulation has begun. Um, okay, so here, with the great tribulation, also comes a shift. The previous four trumpets and the sixth seal, they'll definitely be severe, but they aren't judgments or torments done directly to man. Man indirectly suffers from them, but the fifth and the sixth trumpet in chapter 9 today touch man directly. The situation and events leading up to the fifth and sixth trumpets are warnings to us, are warnings to man that time is running out and the tribulation is coming. So when I was coming to today's podcast on chapter 9, I really wanted us to see these two main things. One, the great tribulation begins in this chapter and not in the previous chapters. And it's also showing that the great tribulation is only three and a half years out of the known seven-year period and covenant by Antichrist. So that's the first thing. Secondly, that, that previously man was not directly touched or damaged with the last section of trumpets and... and uh, the last seal, but here comes a series of woes, a series of woes because mankind is directly touched and tried by the Antichrist in his persecution of all who would not worship him as God. Now, in the context, the contents of the fifth and sixth trumpets, they're, they're super significant, they're juicy, um, lots of significances of the locust, the abyss, the torment, the seal of God, the killing of the third part of men, the horsemen, the plagues, the fire, the smoke, the brimstone. Lots of things right there. The thing is, this is a little podcast and not a weekend conference. So, I encourage you, if you're interested, get into your Bible's footnotes, get with some other brothers and sisters, and see what these things mean. But be encouraged, after the sixth trumpet and before the seventh and last trumpet, Christ comes to possess the earth. Um, these end times, this book of Revelation, it always sounds so scary, but they are part of God's plan and they are allowed so that the glory of God and his kingdom would finally be manifested and established openly on the earth. Lord, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.